0: Welcome to the Leaders with Leverage podcast. I'm your host and negotiation expert, Susie Tomanchuk. It's time to be your own advocate and negotiate for what you really want out of your career. Not simply the next role or additional compensation. I wanna show you that negotiation happens each and every day so that you opt in and say yes with confidence. Together with other business leaders, you'll learn the essential skills you as a leader needs to become that advocate. In growing your professional skills to increase confidence, gain respect, and become the future leader you're poised to be. And when you face a high stakes situation, you're ready, no matter how high those stakes are. So let's do this. Let's lead with leverage. Welcome. This is Leaders with Leverage. And I'm Susie. I'm so glad you're here. This is an episode. That's solo. So I'm just going to be talking uh, quickly, not very long about negotiation as I always do, but I want to talk about the emotions around negotiation. Okay. I'm going to dispel any disbelief in this. There is no crying in negotiation. There is, meaning, there is always emotion with negotiation, especially if it's high stakes. And as we know, high stakes situations are the ones that are common to most people that make people nervous, like asking for more money, um, asking for a promotion, those things that just are difficult to do. But high stakes can be anything that's really important to us. And it could be seeing a movie or, or m- moving through something that is just tension filled. Um, it uh, triggers emotions because it can be a difficult to move into. So it can happen all the time. So being aware of those. Uh, And so I want to talk about what are the emotions that are commonly tied to negotiation? And people want to believe that um, you have a negotiation persona. And there's five that were outlined um, early on in negotiation. Um, And the five are self-assured, fearful, uneasy, cautious, and squeamish. And they are associated to kind of what your normal like course of action might be when you're facing a high-stakes negotiation. So let's talk about each one. And I want you to think about which one you might fall into, but also the fact that because every situation is different, you may have a few of these that feel that feeling At the beginning of a negotiation, they could change over time as we negotiate with ourselves. So being aware of your normal tendency can help you prepare in the right way to move through something that's high stakes to you. So I'm going to talk about each one. So self-assured is somebody that they seize an opportunity because they look at a negotiation as being mutually beneficial. And they see the process as fun. I know these people. You know, Dan is one of these people. He loves negotiation. He almost loves the tension of it. He's very okay with awkward silence. He's very okay with saying something that makes people really um, uneasy, triggered he could just stir up emotions and just not even think anything of it. And I'm not the same way. I didn't even like to be in the same room as Dan when he would do those, those, those strategies, techniques, negative techniques. Um, But he would see it as fun and he didn't really worry about the risks. So self-assured is somebody that, that feels really good about it and feels like they have high leverage. Now, if you are self-assured, you should do all you can to feel self-assured in a situation. And when you don't, some things that you can do are consider your options, your BATNA, um, what are, what's important to the other person, what's their BATNA, what are their alternatives, what are the aspects of leverage, what are the interests of the other party, what are yours. So when you think about those things, that makes you more self-assured because it gives you options. It gives you a plan. It helps you think it through. So, there are ways that you can make yourself self assured. But in this context, self assured is like that person that always feels that way that just kind of says, I, if I had to say what kind of negotiator I am, I'm self assured. That would be Dan. So, think about that if for you. And maybe think about which negotiation, because maybe you say, if I'm going to go for a car, I am self assured because I do my homework. I have nothing to lose. I don't have a relationship with that person. But when I'm advocating for myself or if I'm facing a difficult conversation, self-assured is not me. The second one is fearful. Just the whole process stresses you out. And I definitely have times where I am very full of fear, especially if it's somebody that I'm talking to that isn't expecting me to ask for something that's kind of above and beyond or if I anticipate that they're going to have a negative um, reaction. And not even like a, a negative, I almost would rather them be, um, no, I don't want to do this. But it's more like, oh, like I don't know if they really feel good about it or not. And that's almost worse than if they would just be totally honest and go, nope, that's way too expensive for me. But fearful is something that I think about um, and fearful is, if if you were going to stamp yourself, whether this happens all the time, fearful is probably the person that doesn't advocate for themselves regularly because they opt out. You know, fear can be the reason why somebody doesn't even ask for something. You know, I spoke to a woman who had heard me uh, speak. She'd read my book and She said, I have to share with you a story. I'm 62 and I had never countered in a job um, offering and I did because I know you you said you should at least counter. And she goes, and they didn't even flinch. And when she told me, I could almost see her past like flash before her eyes because she was like, ah. there were so many opportunities I didn't ask. And so I think sometimes fear holds us back from even getting to a no. So is fearful something that you need to be aware of? Hey there, love this podcast. I'm taking 10 seconds out of this episode to ask you to leave an honest review. More reviews on the show help us to reach more professionals who are ready to lead with leverage. Now let's continue the conversation. Uneasy, you might start, but once you go in, you don't want to proceed. You know, they do say that uh, a lot of times we'll get to the table and we won't stay in it as long as some people. Some people will stay and go rounds and rounds, but sometimes when we get there, we're so proud of being there that we're ready to get out as soon as we can. So uneasy, if you identify as being uneasy about negotiation, that might mean you have to have a conversation with yourself to stay in it. Because uneasy people might move forward, but they're really quick to retreat. So it's really important to think about what are the things I want, be really clear about my floor, make sure that I'm really understanding the three things I want to make sure I get out and don't allow yourself to leave until you have those three. And the more clarity that you can drive for yourself, the more you can push away that uneasy feeling or allow that uneasy feeling to to hijack your efforts to get what you want at the end. And you know, on this, honestly, this happens to me. I'll go in and I'll just have such a great rapport with the other person, I'll just kind of think, "Oh, I'm not going to go for that third part thing that was so important to me." And I'm so mad at myself because it's not always hard to just ask for that other thing, and they it might be really easy for them to say yes. So feeling uneasy may just happen for you and it's not in the situation that you need to retreat from that so identify if you Id- identify as uneasy those are some of the things to consider cautious is you want to engage but you retreat at any negative pushback anything a slight eye a i'm i'm busy right now like any kind of um, indication that the person doesn't have space or time for you. So being cautious is another one just to plan for. I know I'm gonna I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a cautious person. I I know that when there's any negative indication or signal that that's going to make me not want to move forward. And so have a plan for yourself. Okay. And sometimes I say to myself, okay, there's that apprehension that I hate or that's that negativity that person uses anger. And I just need to push through it, even though it makes me feel really insecure and it makes me want to just run away. But, oh, okay, there it is. I see that. I know I'm feeling like I want to walk away, but I'm not going to allow myself to do that. So cautious is another one. And then squeamish. It's funny that self-assured is the only one that's perceived as being kind of positive or like just, you know, gregarious about moving forward. And then squeamish is you think it through many times, but you find excuses to move forward. Oh, you know, there's a woman I was working with and, and she was really strong that at the beginning of the year, she needed to go ask for more money because she found out that she is really underpaid for what she does. And, that her boss has had more money, but because she doesn't ask, she knew that um, she wasn't given the increases that she should have gotten. And it was really because she wasn't advocating for herself. And she kept telling herself these reasons why. And before she knew it, half of the year went by. And when you do the math and you think about those months that go by because you're not moving forward, you're losing money. And so if that's the calculation you need to do to say to yourself, if I don't do it now, I'm going to miss out on this. And then what can you do to get coached through it or have somebody on the outside to help you really think about the words you use, think about the steps you take, and then making you accountable to move forward so that you don't back out or find excuses And I'll tell you, those excuses can seem really, really reasonable in the moment, especially when you're looking for one. I can certainly give myself excuses all the time to say, you know what? I'll do that later. Uh, This is probably not a good time. She sounds really stressed out. I don't want to talk to her about it. So be aware of that and give yourself, and maybe if you are squeamish, maybe it is something that you really want to put some dates on some actions, some things you write down, have an accountability, a, part, uh, um, a partner, something that you can do to, to help yourself move forward. So again, these are the typical personas of negotiators, self-assured, fearful, uneasy, cautious, and squeamish. And I really see all of these these things can, at different points in our negotiation um, journey. As we get more confident, we start asking more. We can change and and jockey between these personas. But it's, it's powerful to think about these things and when they might be getting in our way so that we can identify them and have a plan on how we don't allow them to hijack our efforts. So think about those. What comes up for you? What do you need to adjust? So next time, here's your action. Next time you're going into a difficult conversation, one that just makes you a little bit uneasy, ask yourself how you're feeling. And if you're feeling self assured, make sure that you're moving forward with all the facts. You're not, you know, you're 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 coming from a place of objectivity. If you're fearful, um, identify that you're gonna. It's going to be hard for you to move forward. But what's gonna? What what are you going to need to to not stress yourself out, but understand that you need to move forward. When you're uneasy, how are you going to continue to push yourself through so that you go all the way to the end and get what you need? When you're cautious and you retreat out of negativity, how are you going to identify that and go, I see that, I'm still going to move forward. And then squeamish, what are those excuses that might be getting into your your head? That chatter that we give so much Um, attention to? And how do we uh, silence that or turn it down so that we'll have the ability and the strength to move forward? So thanks for joining me today. I hope that was helpful. I hope you found something that, that you can apply today in your next conversation. I really encourage you to do that because the only way to get more comfortable with negotiation is to try it every day. And it's applicable in everything we do. We all know it why not do it with more intention? If you think somebody needed to hear this, feel free to share this this episode with them. Um, I'd love to hear what's on your mind. I'm on LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out to me, DM me, ask me a question you want me to cover. But thanks for being here. I appreciate you so much. And until next time, I'm Susie, and this was Leaders with Leverage. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Leaders with Leverage. If you're ready to continue your professional growth, commit to accelerating your career development and say goodbye to that anxious feeling in your stomach, anytime you need to advocate for yourself, then get my book, The Art of Everyday Negotiation Without Manipulation. In this book, you'll learn the essential steps to take before entering into any negotiation or conversation, any interaction in your day to day. You'll discover what the other party really needs and be clear about what you're going after. You'll bust through your fears and boost your confidence and embrace that negotiation truly happens all around us. Head to the link in the show notes for more and you can even get a bonus if you buy it today.